Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, before we jump into our episode today, we wanted to give you a couple quick announcements. And the first one is we are hosting our first ever mom retreat coming up March 10th and 11th of 2023. Yes, you heard that right. It's literally in a few weeks. We are so excited to welcome moms to a weekend of fun with all kinds of gather goodness. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to hang out with each other. We're going to be away from our kids for 24 hours. It's going to be amazing. If you are interested in joining us for this amazing retreat, we'd love for you to go to the website at www.hlccc.org. That's Highland Lakes Camp and Conference Center in Austin, Texas. You can go to their events page and register for our retreat there. And we want to encourage you to register by March 1st. So go ahead and do it right now. That's right. Get registered. And the other announcement we have is that we had so many incredible sponsors for our podcast live that showed up from the Dallas area community. And we are going to be featuring those sponsors in upcoming episodes. So when you hear information about them, give them some love because they gave us a whole lot of love. That's right. All right. Let's jump in. Hey, moms. Welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. This is episode 102. It's so wild still to be in the hundreds. A hundred and two. Yeah. Okay, so I have a story. Okay. And I'm a little embarrassed. Okay. But I feel like sharing it on the podcast is part of my confession. All right. And it might help somebody else not do the same thing. Okay, so this is something you personally did. Personally did. Can't wait. I have to own it. Okay. So we went to a um, sporting event uh-huh. with a child. Uh-huh. I'm going to try and be as vague as possible. Okay. And it was at in a different place. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there was a group of students there uh-huh. that chose to use their voices mm-hmm. to antagonize our players on the field. Ooh. And I knew this uh-huh. and I felt, you know, really calm for most of the game. Okay. They were very specific about the things they made fun of. Wow. And the stands are right next to the field, so you know that all the players could hear it. Uh And so I kept telling Abby, like, listen, we just don't act like that, and we're not going to stoop to their level, Uh and it's going to be fine. Uh So I'm not really sure what happened at the end of the game. Uh, We lost the game. So usually when you lose a sporting game, in the last, I would say, five to seven minutes, it kind of all comes untangled. Because you know you're about to lose. Yeah. The guys are pushing hard. Yeah, you've been holding it together. I've and been it's holding like, it together. Uh-huh. And they got a little more obnoxious. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure how I got there, but the next thing I knew, I was standing in front of them. <gasps> Tell me everything. I yelled at them. <laughs> I used my voice to antagonize them. I told them that they were being rude and inappropriate, that I was a mother of one of the kids on that field. <laughs> And I did not think that what they were doing was right. This young man looked at me and said, it wasn't me. And I said, I don't care. It was someone sitting in this section. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure all the things that I said, but I, I made my opinion known. 
And then I went back to my seat. And Greg was staring at me with eyes as big as saucers. And Abby was crying. (laughs) Out of embarrassment or... Well, she was upset by what they were saying, too. Okay. Uh-huh. So I don't think she was embarrassed by what I did. I just think she was emotional about what was happening. We were losing. The game was falling apart. Yeah. These kids were being obnoxious. Yeah. All these people are sitting around them. Nobody on there, wherever this place was, uh-huh. chose to say anything to them. Uh-huh. And I just couldn't take it anymore. Oh my gosh! Did they keep doing it? Did they stop? They kept doing it. You are s- they no. Didn't, they didn't stop. No. And when they won, when the game was over, they used their voices to be obnoxious at that point too. So I mean, it, whatever I said did not make a dent in their activity. So listen, y'all, I got some Mama Judy in me. I, I, as exactly what I was going to say, this is a very Mama Judy moment. Did you feel like this was like an out of body experience? Yes, I really. I'm not sure how I got down there. <laughs> Like, I'm not sure what happened from the time I got out of my little stadium seat to the time I was standing in front of them. Um, Okay, so we left. I was mad. They taunted our players even walking off the field. It was just all around unpleasant. Uh And, of course, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I'm so Uh sorry. Uh But then in the car ride home, I was like, no, I cannot let this go. I'm going to call the school. Oh, we're going to take further action. I'm going to talk to an administrator. Okay. That sounds like a great idea. So there was a holiday, so I had to wait an extra day, which uh-huh. should have given me time to uh-huh. calm down. Yeah. But I, no, I called. I the called. administrator of our school or of this? Competitive- this, this other school. Okay. I called them. Uh-huh. And it's so interesting because on their website, it doesn't tell you who the principal is. It just says administrator. Interesting. They're all administrators. So uh-huh. I just had to pick somebody. Yeah. And I got to an assistant, and she didn't let me talk to the administrator. She just said she would take a message. Oh. I was very put together at this point. Okay. I just told her how I felt about what happened and that I thought their administration needed to know because those students were representing their school district, and Uh they did not do a good job. Uh Uh-huh. And she did not take my name or phone number. (laughs) So... I don't actually know she's going to pass that message along. What is your confidence level that she's passing that along? Negative two. My, what I feel is certain that happened is she hangs up the phone with you and she looks at the other people in the office and goes, y'all will never believe this phone call. Somebody talked about me, didn't they? (laughs) They talked about me. They did. They did. Y'all, I just, mama bear inside me came out. What is your feeling on like, I think it is hard and it, okay, This is where I feel like once you pass 40, like these things start to happen (laughs) because I feel like in our, as moms in our twenties or thirties, you kind of are still like, oh, they're just being dumb kids. I mean, you might say stuff or whatever, but like, I mean, that was bold, Rebecca. Where do you feel like we draw the line? Like, do we say things? Do we not say things? Would you do it again? I don't know. I felt like it was so wrong that nobody... Number one, that nobody from their school district was there to see what was happening. That even the coaches on the field did not turn around and say to these students, stop. Mm. I don't know why nobody said anything. Okay. Like, isn't that our job is to raise these kids to be contributing adults that know how to act in public? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the justice in me. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is not right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's hard. Like, I... it's so interesting to kick the episode off this way because I I wonder if, like, if previous generations, would they have said something or did they let things go? I don't think they would have gotten away with it. 
Right. Like, is this something that's just here we are in our culture now that like these kids just can do whatever they want? Right. But then again, we look at it and it's like, okay, well, it's it's not helpful for us to say anything, you know, but I don't know, dude. Well, and I don't think that the way I handled it at the event was probably good because you're right. It didn't change anything. And I'm sure it gave them a good laugh later to talk about this crazy mom. Uh And I just, it was, it was probably not my finest moment. (laughs) So if you're a mom out there and you've experienced this in your life. I see you. Yeah, no, but I, I, I mean, I think this happens to all of us at some point where we just lose it because we're like, they're doing something bad. We're watching out for our own children. Yes. You know? Yes. And so we do end up saying something. Yes. Yeah. At one time, Caleb, uh, we were, the kids were playing on the street and some little boy from another street had come over and he punched Caleb in the stomach. And the older boys came and got me that lived on the street and they said, you need to, Caleb was little. And they said, come out here. Caleb's hurt. This kid punched him. And the, the big, cause the big boys were mad, but they knew they shouldn't hit this kid back or whatever. Right. So I come over so there. So you hit the kid. No, well, just kidding. And I just like, I let loose on him, you know, I was like, we don't do this, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, when he walked away, those big boys looked at me and they were like, that was savage. They were so proud of me, you know? So why didn't somebody in the stands look at me and say that was savage? Well, I don't know, dog. I'm not <laughs> trying to make it sound like I've had, I feel like I'm making it sound like I've had better experiences than you, but I just know that like that comes out and yes, it does. It does. But for the most part, it's usually a losing battle. It is. And honestly, I, I love teenagers. So I see those kids and yeah. go, you could be a great contributing adult yeah. in 10 years. Yeah. But hopefully I want you to look back on this and go, there was this lady that one time said I was being rude. And maybe you're going to understand it one day when you have your own kid. Do you feel like the mama Judy in you is growing? Ooh, past 40. <laughs> yes. Yes. Here she comes. You survived so, it. I survived it. And... um it will go in my memory bank as an experience yeah, I had. Yeah, good for so, us to keep in mind for yes. next time. So if you need somebody to come to your sporting event and help you be savage, please call me. I love it. Okay, so moms, we are in a series called Listen, Sis, and we're just kind of leaning into the things that we think are super important. Um, we've talked a lot about the voices that we listen to, Yeah, the voices like ourself, what we say to ourselves. We've talked about uh, voices around us, what we hear from the world, the messages that we get. We've talked about competition and how sometimes we feel like we're just trying to one-up each other. Just we're all trying to make it out here. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to turn the page a little bit today and talk about, you know, one of the voices that we need to be listening to, which is God. And I know some of you that are listening may not be believers. Um, we believe in Jesus that he really is the hope for us as moms to parent well. Yeah. And to be able to know what truth is to teach our kids. And so we'd love for you to just listen today and see if there's something in what we talk about that interests you, makes yeah. you curious. Yeah, you're welcome here. That's right. So I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast, but my oldest son, uh, who's 16, is actually deaf in one ear. Mm-hmm. And we did not figure that out until kindergarten, the hearing test. Yeah. Um, I think looking back now, I'm like, oh, maybe that's why he did what he did. We would hand him the phone to talk to his Mimi, and he would say, I can't hear her. I can't mm. hear her. And we'd be like, she's talking. What's going on? It's because she was holding up to his deaf ear. He yeah. couldn't hear. Yeah. So we figured out in kindergarten, we went and saw some doctors and stuff, and they there's nothing we can do. It's just they they actually don't know where or when it happened Um, but maybe a virus or something. It's one of those interesting things in your life. Um, but nobody would actually know it because he doesn't act like he's deaf in one ear. Sure. I mean, it's like super hearing in the other ear. God created our bodies so that 
If something breaks, the other side's like, all right, I'll pick up the slack. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. But he does struggle to hear in noisy environments. Um, because when you're in a noisy environment, your both ears are taking in information and they're helping kind of filter out what's the most important noise. Sure. Well, he doesn't have that opportunity. And so it's hard for him to kind of focus on a single person's voice. Okay. Because he's hearing all the noise. Um, I also read that when you are deaf in one ear, it makes it very hard to multitask because your brain is actually in listening fatigue because it's having to process so much from that one ear Mm. that it can't actually figure out what the most important thing is at hand. Okay. Which actually gave me a little like pause for him because I was like, bless, I wonder if he comes home sometimes from school and he's just got listening fatigue. Sure. Because he's just been having to battle all day in this one ear and like try to weed through what's most important. Um, I think for some of us, we have listening fatigue too. Yeah. Um, We are trying to filter through all these messages and I think sometimes we do it to ourselves because we're allowing ourselves to be in the presence of all these messages. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it really difficult for us to filter through and get to what's most important And when you are in that fatigue syndrome, when you're in that place, I mean, you just don't have enough effort left to like make it work. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just tired. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I think we can do is we can pull back in certain areas of our life where maybe we feel like I just need a break from that because then it actually helps us focus on what's most important. Yeah. When we allow the things of this world to constantly distract us, we actually deny ourselves that mindset of life and peace because we're not putting into practice those spiritual disciplines um, like God's word and prayer and solitude because those are the things that actually give us life and peace, mm-hmm. but we're just trying to battle through all this extra noise. Yeah. And our phones are actually one of those things. So noisy. That yeah. constantly distract us. Yeah. Um, we subconsciously convince ourselves that we need them more than anything else. Mm. I mean, for some of us, they've become like an idol. For sure. Like, And think of the discomfort you have like when you don't have your phone. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. How exactly. unnerving it is to be somewhere without your phone or realize you forgot it and yeah okay so let me read a few statements and tell me if you've experienced this okay you finally wrangle all the kids in the car and pull out of the driveway to run errands but as you turn out of the neighborhood you realize you forgot your phone phone. Uh uh-huh you can't imagine running errands without it so what do you do you turn around and you go back and get it yeah for sure have you ever just left it at home and been like whatever i'm just gonna make it without it (sighs) not no maybe once yeah you know Especially when the kids were little, because that's what I used in part to like keep them busy. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's just so, it feels just so strange to not have it. To not have it. Yeah. But we used to not have it. I mean, you and I can remember life without phones. Yes. You know, and we were fine. We had a quarter. We yeah. Used to pay phone. But isn't it crazy to think about nowadays, like sending your kid to a movie or something? Without their phone. Without their phone. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you're changing a load of laundry when you suddenly remember you forgot to reply to an important text, but you spend the next 10 minutes wandering around the house because you can't actually find your phone. Why is it so easy to lose this thing in our house? It's so easy to lose. And you're like, you know, then you're walking around and you're trying to get somebody to do find my iPhone and yeah. It makes me so angry. Yeah, it is frustrating. It's in this house somewhere. Right. It's like that in the remote, the TV remote. I can get madder faster when I can't find the TV remote. Yeah. Children, where'd you put it? Okay, by the way, I feel like this is becoming now, now that you've leaned into the fact that you don't want me on TikTok, now every podcast episode, I feel like I need to tell you about a TikTok I saw. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tell us, Kate. So this dad made this remote holder, and he, like, zip-tied the remotes to this piece of wood. And so if they want to use the remotes, you know, it's like you have to have it on this piece of wood so that they can't get lost. That's actually smart, though. It was genius. Because you can't lose the piece of wood. it was genius. It is genius. Okay, maybe I'll try that. Um, Okay, a random package arrives on your doorstep, and you legitimately cannot remember what you ordered. Oh, my gosh, yes. You forgot that the influencer you follow convinced you to try this new under-eye wrinkle reducer. (laughs) And as you open the box, you think to yourself, this was stupid. There's no way this is going to make me look like I'm awake. (laughs) Have you done this? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think that's a really good response. There is no way this is going to make me look like I'm awake. We have package overload, too. We don't have phone overload. We have package overload. Overload. Yeah. Stuff comes in, and it's like, wait, what did I order? Then my husband orders. And Jeremy never orders anything interesting. You know, like, it's always like, he'll order, like, a six-pack of deodorant or something. You know, like, well, that wasn't fun. Greg orders his uh, shaving cream through Amazon, too. Yes. And his nasal strips to keep him from snoring at night, which do not work. Yeah, I was just (laughs) going to ask I don't know why we spending money on those things. They are not working. Okay, you're once again waiting in a pickup line to get your kid from something. Gymnastics, music lessons, school. And you decide to quickly check Instagram. Of course you're sucked into the black hole of social media. And before you know it, your child is knocking on the window. But you actually feel a little irritated because they have interrupted your time on yeah. social media. And now you're back on the mom clock. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I, I think could- that's when I check it is sitting there waiting. Yes. Yeah. Anytime we have a little bit of downtime, that's like, it's so natural. Mm-hmm. You don't even, th- it's not a conscious thought. You just pick up your you phone up and your go. Phone. So we went on a little family camping trip in the fall and we intentionally did no screens. You know, we just like kept our phones away. Um, so like as we were sitting out around the campfire, as we were hanging out and stuff like that, but I kept noticing myself, even we're just sitting in the chair and I'm just sitting there watching the fire and I kept feeling myself wanting to grab for my phone. It is in us now. It's a natural. We think we have to have it with us. We constantly are reaching for it. It holds so much of our life now. uh It holds like credit cards Uh and reward points and coupons. And I mean, it's how to get somewhere, how to get somewhere. Honestly, even with school today, uh-huh. you have to have it for the emails yep. and the notifications, notifications from the teachers, from the teachers. And coaches. It does feel like I can't not have it yeah. now. Yeah. Which I don't even know how to address that. So that's got to be a future podcast episode. I don't know how that works. We all go live in a desert compound and don't teach our kids anything. I don't know. Anyway, we got to have it. But it's just, it's such a hindrance to us. And I just want to, I wanted us to think about what could have been more life-giving in that moment. What could have been more life-giving in that moment in the pickup line? Right. What could have been more life-giving on the errand trip without your phone? I mean, mm-hmm. I probably actually would have concentrated on the people with me or on, mm-hmm. I may have even done it faster. Well, yeah, because we're sacrificing presence, right? I mean, don't you think that's the big thing is <clears throat> like sitting in the pickup line, that's an opportunity for presence. You know, you have a moment to just be still and be present and talk with God or worship or, I don't know, I mean, maybe even read a book. Um going with your kids, you know, that you have the opportunity to be present. And, like, I'm not trying to shame anybody. Like, we certainly, there's plenty of, like. We're right in it with you. Yeah, inundation with stuff. Or you kind of, like, it's nice to give your mind a break. Um, But is there there a better way to give our minds a break? Yes. You know? Yes, to filter out the noise, to have a single focus. So, 
Um, I did something this past week. My amazing mentor that I um, talk with, and she just helps me learn spiritual things. She's amazing. She and I decided that we would challenge each other the last seven days to go without social media. Mm. And um, I just want to share what I experienced during that seven days. Because I did learn some things. And honestly, I'm at the end of the seven days going, it wasn't enough. Okay. I, I think I need more. Okay. And I miss, I miss it. I miss my phone and I miss, you know, the things that I was looking at on there. I do feel like I'm kind of out of the loop. I don't know what's happening. Like I texted a friend this week and I was like, I have no idea what's happening in your life. Okay. Are you alive? Are yeah. you okay? Yeah. Cause you just kind of feel out of the loop. Okay. So I don't think moms that just because we decide we're going to do this for seven days that it fixes anything. Sure. I honestly think when we read in scripture, we read that you do it over and over and over. Okay. That it's a recurring thing in our life. And honestly, when you look back in the New Testament and you see the times that uh, people fasted, it uh-huh. wasn't like once a year. Yeah. They did it on a continuous basis because you just always kind of need that opportunity to reset. Yeah. And even now today with so much more technology and so much more connection, we need time to reset. Yeah. So I'm not saying you have to do it forever. I'm I'm looking forward to next week, but I'm also looking forward to doing it again okay, because it's going to give me another opportunity to reset. Yeah. So the first thing it showed me was my dependence on my phone. Okay. Just what you talked about, Kate, that you are just sitting there and it's just an automatic reach for where's my phone? What did I do with it? And then I would pick it up and go, oh, but all I can do is call and text. Okay. Yeah. So I can't look at anything. I didn't play games, none of that stuff. Oh, you didn't play games either? No. Okay. It was just a phone. Okay. Yeah. It wow. was just a phone. Wow. And of course, this week was interesting because God actually, I know he did this, provided some opportunities where I had some extra free time where I would have enjoyed being on my phone okay. and I couldn't do it. Wow. So it almost made it hurt a little bit more. Okay. But my phone is the first thing I look at in the morning. Yeah. Um, it's not just an alarm. Like as soon as the alarm goes off, I'm usually checking something, look yeah. at email, whatever. Sure. And it's the last thing I look at before I go to bed. Mm. So I know, you know, in the morning when I would wake up and it really was just an alarm, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I should get up now, mm-hmm. you know, because I couldn't mm-hmm. do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, my phone is a crutch for me when I'm bored, mm-hmm. when I'm anxious, mm-hmm. when I'm lazy, or when I'm sad. Yeah. Like, think about this, mamas, that sometimes when we just kind of feel sad or lonely, that's where we go. For sure. And what is that offering us? Yeah, I mean, not much, dude, for no. sure. Yeah. What my heart really needed was God, and instead, I was distracted with noise from the other people that I'm watching online that are apparently supposed to be making me feel better about myself. Sure. Um, It was really humbling to see how lost I felt without it. It had really taken a hold, and I I didn't even realize the depth of it. And even as you're listening right now, you're probably saying to yourself, it's not that big a deal for me. Well, and I'm listening to you, and I mean, I'm feeling convicted because I look at you, and I don't think you're a overly phone person or, like, overly social media or anything like that. You don't see me on my couch in my house, <laughs> what I'm doing, girl, in the pickup line. No, but it just, it honestly, if you look at the amount of time you spend on your phone, because you can actually check that on your phone. Yeah. And then you think about the amount of time you spent reading God's Word. Sure. It'll, it'll make you feel sick real quick. Right. Yeah. Because there is a huge discrepancy in that. Yeah. And moms, it might not be social media for you. It might actually be something different, shopping Mm -hmm. or exercise or alcohol or even cleaning. Just the, the need to constantly be making things right Mm -hmm. around you. Netflix. Um, we use those things to numb ourselves Yeah, and it's, it fills our time. 
So I don't know if we're trying to get to bed faster, like, okay, it's making the day go by faster, or if it's just keeping us distracted from thinking about what's really going on. Well, and I think just to push back on that a little bit, or just to navigate it with you, like, for me, there's like a little bit of a balance there, because my brain goes so much, there's so much going on. There is a piece where it's nice to, and maybe maybe watching a show on my phone is not the best choice, but even reading a book or something just to like let my mind rest. There's, you know, there's kind of some balance there for me. I have always struggled to have a quiet mind um, and, you know, something that I am working on, but I don't know. For me in the evenings, being able to just watch a show and play Candy Crush on my phone like gives my brain a minute to like stop running 30,000 races. Did you catch up with my Candy Crush levels this week while I was <laughs> off of it? <laughs> I might have. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and that's the thing. We're just not used to quiet. Yeah. We're not used to that silence. Um, and honestly, as moms, we don't have a lot of time for it anyway. Yeah. I tell people all the time my favorite time is in the car when I'm by myself because it's silent. Mm-hmm. It's like the only time that it's silent and you can just, you know, not listen to anything. Mm -hmm. So I know that it's really hard for us to find those quiet moments for our brain. But when life gets quiet and you don't have an easy fix to distract you, you actually start to realize that there's stuff inside that needs attention. Well, yes. And also, I don't want to deal with that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. For those of us that believe in Jesus, we actually believe that we are sinful Mm -hmm. and that we make mistakes. And that when those things pile up inside of us without confession, that they they burden us. Yeah. And it feels like even when we do try to go before the Lord, it's like there's something there. You know, it feels like this wall or this hindrance or this big rock. And so when we when we go to God and we're able to confess that, you feel the freedom just yeah. lift off of you. And that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus forgives us, that my sin is not standing in the way of me and God. Um, I don't want you to hear me say that, you know, because I sin, when I go to talk to God, he's like, I can't talk to you right now Mm. because you got some sin. Because the gospel says that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's all forgiven in that moment. Right. As far as the East is from the West, my sin is gone. And I stand before God holy and pure. So it's not God's side that's got the limitation. It's my side. Mm. Because I know that there's something in my life that's not right, and I haven't dealt with it. Mm -hmm. And that's why the phone is such an easy distraction, because then I don't have to deal with it. Sure. And I can just medicate myself. Sure. Um, When life gets quiet, we can actually hear the Holy Spirit speaking conviction over us. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing what you'll realize. You could, um, because I can go for days and think, I've done pretty good. Sure. Yeah. I sin too much, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. Or I'll go, I probably shouldn't have yelled at the kids. But that's it. Uh-huh. But then when I get quiet before the Lord, I'll hear the Holy Spirit say, but how did you talk to your husband? Mm-hmm. You know, or what was that thought inside your head when you were looking at that mom's social media? Were you jealous? Mm-hmm. You start to, to unearth these things that have really burdened your heart, mm-hmm. that have piled up. So one of the things my mentor encouraged me to do at the start of our seven days off social media was to sit down before the Lord and just write it all down, just what she calls vomit on paper. Okay. Because when it does get quiet and you have that moment to just sit, you can just start, I mean, stuff just starts piling out of you. You know, all these things. I was amazed how raw I was. I was amazed at the things that I put on paper because I don't know that I would say those out loud, Okay, but I wrote them down. There's just stuff in our heart that gets covered up and we just keep ignoring it. But when you let it out, it actually surprises you. 
how dark it sometimes is Mm -hmm. in there in my heart. Mm -hmm. Ways that we've been hurt. Places that I was deeply jealous and did not recognize. People that I haven't forgiven. Mm -hmm. And when I would see them out and about, I would not have kind thoughts towards them. Um, Things in my life where I felt like God had cheated me. Wow. I mean, it's all the stuff we've been talking about on the podcast. That's so real, Rebecca. Thank you for being so authentic. The stuff we say to ourselves, the ways that we're jealous, the ways that we compete with other moms. When there's noise around me, I don't have to think about that stuff. But when it gets quiet and it comes out, you can confess it. And honestly, it's like the best feeling once you get it out. Yeah. Because you're like, I didn't know all that stuff was in there. And I'm embarrassed that I put it on paper. But this is what's so beautiful about Jesus is I don't feel condemnation. Yeah. I don't feel judgment. Yeah. I almost feel him saying, thank you. Uh-huh. Okay, now we can start moving forward. Well, and not to make this beautiful spiritual moment that you've just shared gross, but like when you do think about vomiting. Yes, you feel better afterwards. Right? Yes. And all that time leading up to it, you're like, something's not right. I'm uneasy. There's just this kind of like, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the relief that comes after this just kind of gross thing is very real. And you do feel like lighter and better. And yeah, I could go eat a whole meal now. Oh, yeah. don't do that. You'll just throw it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's stop down here for just a minute. So as believers, um, we believe the Holy Spirit lives inside of us uh-huh. and is always convicting us of sin. Right. But for some reason, we're not recognizing it. So why do you think it takes that intentional quiet time to actually deal with it if supposedly I'm supposed to be knowing about it all the time. Oh gosh. Well, cause I, well, first of all, I think we don't want to deal with it, you know? And so even if you do hear that voice, you know, you, you just don't really want to deal with it. Um, cause it's harder to talk about and you know, we don't want to look at the gross things. It's like, it's like going to counseling. Like I kind of sometimes dread going, you yes. know, cause I know I'm going to have to pull this stuff out, but it's worth it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think we don't prioritize it. I think we like to look at the good things about ourselves or the good things about God, and yeah. it's just not a priority. I just think there's so much pride in us that we think we're doing better than we are. Yep. Um, and you see it in your kids, because your kids think they're doing just fine. Yeah. And as moms, we're like, no, 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 wait, we, we need to deal with this. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. There's so much in me that he wants to deal with, and I'm just not giving him room to do it. So it's so interesting. Have I told you the story about when Caroline, she wanted to become a Christian because she wanted to get baptized? And so we were talking about what sin is, you know, and we just explained to her sin is you circle the middle letter and sin. I, it's when I want to be in control of my life, when I want what I want. And, you know, so just started having those discussions with her. And then she finally, she kept, you know, she really wanted to get baptized. So we're just trying to, you know, like make sure that we understand here. So I asked her, you know, as as she's understanding sin, you know, I said, well, let's just start, let's start, I need you to understand that you're a sinner, you know, that's why we get baptized, you know, and so we just started talking about, like, this might sound kind of twisted, but it felt right at the moment, (laughs) but I remember, you know, so at night I would say, did you sin today? And she would say, no, you know, I didn't sin. So then I'm having to help her see, you know, like point things out to her so she can see it, and she's like, Oh, you know, when she really slowed down and thought about her day, yes, she could see the yes. sin, you yes. know, and all it did was just enlarge her heart for Jesus. You know, all it did was help her to see, oh, this is why I need a savior. And I've been forgiven of all these things, Yes, you know, yes. but it's what you're saying is that pride of we're doing pretty well. And I think we tend to think from the outside looking in that, you know, God convicting of, us of sin is mean yeah. or, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, don't talk about that. But actually, 
it's just so good and it's for our good. And that's what I think is so freeing as a believer is when you receive Jesus and you feel that love and acceptance and I'm not scared of God and I know that there's nothing I can do that's going to make him mad at me. Mm-hmm. But because we live on this fallen earth and so much of our life centers around feeling judged and yeah. wrong, yeah. we reject it. Sure. But in the Christian walk, it really is a beautiful part of the gospel Yeah, because it makes me so thankful. Yes. And I just thought, you know, if I could go to bed at night and just stop for a minute and kind of think through my day and go, God, I'm sorry I talked to my kids that way. Or, you know, would you forgive me for having that thought in my heart towards her? Then I go to sleep and I wake up the next morning and I get to start fresh. Yeah, that's beautiful. But the more that we carry around this stuff in our hearts, these dark places that we don't let people in, we don't let God see, oh, it just feels like this weight. And we're just constantly trying to prove ourselves. I agree. And I think we can even see that like in relationships that we have with people. Like if you, from either perspective, if you've done something wrong to somebody and you know it and you've never talked to them about it, every time you see them, you feel like there's something there. Like it's a little not right, you know? Yes. Or vice versa. If they've done something wrong to you and you guys have never resolved it, you've never talked about it. Like there's just this uncomfortableness. We even see that in those moments where you go to them and say, hey, I am so sorry that I said blah, blah, blah. The relief that comes, the intimacy that's restored in those relationships, you know, and it's the same way with God. Exactly. Exactly. So when we confess our sin, I want you to know that the voice speaking back to you from the Holy Spirit is one of love Mm -hmm. and forgiveness. God already knew all that stuff that you did. He is not surprised. Yeah. He loves you. And just like as a mom, I love when my kids come to me and tell me things that happened to them so that we can... Um, process it together and get past it. The Lord loves for us to process with him yeah, because he wants us to live free yeah, and he wants us to be in step with the spirit. And if I have something in my heart that's burdening me, I'm not, I'm going to avoid the spirit. He wants us to be uh, with him. Mm -hmm. Psalm 32, five says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Mm. So, We've been doing this the past seven days, and I'll be honest, I hit a couple walls this week where I was really just kind of overcome with the ways that I had been ignoring God, because sometimes as a believer, it feels like too much. Like, I don't know how to navigate life on earth and the Christian walk and do it all right. And what happens when I put this thing back into my life? How Uh am I going to be able to process that? Because it's the easy fixes are easy. That's why they're easy fixes, because they're just easier. Um, it reminded me that life without God is no life at all though, Mm. because all those things that I thought were, you know, bringing me joy or helping me get past things, they were, they just filled me for a moment and then it was gone and I had to go back and get more. But when you sit with God, he satisfies you to overfilling. Like that's where the, the overflow from our heart comes from is after I've sat with him for so long, then when I go out and about my day, I have more patience. I have more kindness. Yeah. I have more grace for those people around me. I feel stronger. And so the last thing that I wanted to say is that this whole um, uh, week without my social media actually left me feeling refreshed. Okay. Yeah. And I don't ever feel refreshed after an hour on social media. No, I mean, listen, dude, I was going to say, like, that's not surprising. No. <laughs> and here's the thing. I don't think I don't think what you're saying is, I don't think anybody listening to this is going to be like, oh, what a shocker. You <laughs> felt better after not being on social? Right, you know? right. Or, like, I think we all know. Um, yeah. 
I think we're all aware of the issue with it. I think it's just that piece, what you said of like, there can be good there, um, you know, where you do know what's going on with your friends. And like, for example, with us, with Gather, it gives us an opportunity to connect with moms and get resources to moms and stuff. It's, but yeah, it's a tricky balance there. Well, and the connection that you're finding with people when you haven't necessarily seen their life on social media is more personal. Yeah. Because then you're actually reaching out to them and saying, how are you? Yeah. I actually don't know because uh-huh. I've seen nothing of your life this week. Uh-huh. So tell me what's going on versus where sometimes I feel like, oh, they, they're doing good this week. I've seen their social media. I don't check in with them. So right. there is more of a personal connection Agreed. when you have to go back to that person and say, no, I actually have no idea what's going on in your life. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. And so I think it does, um, what we talked about last week with Jenny, it brings a sense of community and um, friendship with people that we desperately need, that this lure of social media is not giving us. In Psalm 16, verse 9, it says, No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety because you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence Mm. and the pleasures of living with you forever. God really wants our presence. He really does. Just what you said at the very beginning that when I have that quiet moment and I don't turn to the easy fix, then what I'm doing is I'm giving God my presence yeah. and I'm inviting him to be present with me. Yeah. So I thought it would be fun to extend a challenge to our listeners this okay. week. Um, and it's honestly something that I will do again and again. I have been convicted this week that when I removed that temptation, it did make my life feel simpler. It gave me more freedom. Um, I don't, I, I'm not ready to say I'm doing it forever. Yeah. So, but I do think a regular rhythm of that Mm -hmm. would actually be beneficial to my life. Yeah, because it helps remind you that that thing is not in control of you, that you actually do have control of it by the grace of God. You have control over it and not it having control over you. Exactly. And that's what spiritual disciplines are all about. It's just like anything else we do in our life that's a discipline. It's something we work at. Mm -hmm. We do over and over again. We try and put that habit into place. Mm -hmm. We make mistakes. We don't achieve our goals sometimes, but we go back and we try again. Yeah. And it's the thing that I think we're willing to, to do so easily in other parts of our life where we want to learn something, like we put in the effort. Yeah. And when we make a mistake, we go back and try again. But sometimes in our spiritual walk with the Lord, it's like we give up too soon. Mm. Well, I'm just not good at that. She's good at that, but that's just not my thing. Um, okay, well, I guess I'm just, no, I've got way more important things to do. What if we just stopped and said, God, help me, Yeah. you know? Yeah. I want to spend this time with you. Help me. Yeah. And he did that for me this week. He gave me some really long stretches of time where I was so tempted to break, you know, my commitment, but I didn't. And it was so interesting that at the end of that time, God, I just felt lighter. I did. I just felt lighter. So I love it. here's our challenge. Okay. What could you give up over the next seven days in exchange for time to listen to God? Okay. And as you walk that out, cause I'm not going to tell you what that is. It could be anything. I don't think social media is the answer for everybody because I don't think everybody struggles with it. I think everybody has different areas of life that they feel like are an idol to them. So what is that? Yeah. And as you walk that out, I want to give you the things that my mentor encouraged me as we started this, and I would love for you to get to do them too. The first thing is start by vomiting on paper. Okay. Just get your journal out and just don't rush it. Don't like sit for five minutes and go, I'm done. Sit there and really let your heart open up and just pour out to God all the things that you're mad about. Yeah. Like he is not offended by you. Yeah. Tell him. Yeah. Tell him all the ways that you feel like you've been hurt or wronged or you're jealous or you're mad or you're frustrated 
or even tell them the things that you're thankful for, you're excited about, you're nervous, you're anxious. Write it all down on paper and then let the Holy Spirit convict you of the places where you're like, God, I didn't know that was in there. Mm. I want to confess that. Mm. Number two, when you have your time with Jesus, when you sit down with your journal, just write this at the top of your paper. Say, Father, what is on your heart today? Mm. Have you ever asked God? What's important to you today, God? Wow. Because too many times we come with what's important to us. And just see what he says. And again, if you do it the first time and you feel like you hear nothing, don't be like, okay, I'm bad at this. I'm never doing it again. It's just like anything else. It takes repetition for you to finally feel like, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening, Father. I'm listening. Number three, read in God's word. And I'm actually going to put in the show notes some different Psalms that I read this week. So if you don't have you know, somewhere to start, you can start there. But my challenge to you is to read it in the morning and then just meditate on it all day. Because I also think that throughout the day, I would see how different circumstances would happen. And I would go, oh my gosh, that kind of fits what I read this morning. Or I would even get to the end of the day and I would look back and connect something that I had not connected. Because I just want you to know how intentional God is. He is so intentional with us. And it's amazing the way that he'll weave things together in your life if you'll just be aware of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And then um, number four, like I said, in our show notes, I'm going to list these passages that you can read and ponder. And then I've got a couple of resources that I'm going to offer to you too. But just, I want you to hear this. This is not magic. This is not like a fix all. So it's not something that you're going to go, okay, well, I'm going to do it this week and I'm going to be better. and It's going to be great because we are continuing to walk out this journey every single day. And so you may do this and it may, you may go, I don't even know if it did anything. Let the Holy Spirit continue to work in your heart and grow in you a new understanding of God's word. Um, It's just like our little kids growing up and us watching them, the light bulbs go on as they understand different things, just like with Caroline Mm -hmm. and the way that you had to kind of repeat over and over with her till she understood what sin is. God is not frustrated with you and he's not going to like check out if you don't get it fast enough. He is your teacher and your father and he's excited to do this journey with you. And I think um, I think it'll be really cool to see what God does. Yeah, I'd be surprised though, honestly, if they if if we made it a week giving something up and we didn't it didn't bring up something where we saw God move and work. But yeah, mamas, God loves you, and um, just like what Kate said earlier, she and I are right in the thick of this with you. So we have not got it all figured out. Um, I still have to go back to the Lord and confess my sin and ask for Him to help me. I still struggle with the same things that you guys are struggling with. And I think it's so important for us as moms just to to talk about that with each other so that we don't feel alone and so that we have hope and go, okay, I can do that. I can yeah. try that. Yeah. But I love what you've offered to us this week, Rebecca, because I think you have lifted our eyes to something better and just kind of given us an opportunity to say, hey, you know, what if, what if this could be better? And I, I love that. So I'm excited to consider what that's going to look like for me. Okay, tell us, reach out, tell us what you're doing, how you're doing. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time. Bye, moms. This episode is sponsored by Mosquito Shield. Y'all, my most unfavorite part of spring and summer is the mosquitoes in Texas, and we have got the answer for you, because Mosquito Shield is going to come and take care of all those pesky mosquitoes in your yard so that you can enjoy those summer nights with your friends and family. They will treat your yard every 10 to 17 days, creating a barrier so they can't get in. And they even provide tick shield for your four-legged friends. Mosquito Shield is a family-owned and operated, and they guarantee their work. So give them a call at 214-897-3077 to learn about their specials or visit them online at 
moshield.com. You heard that right. You want some MoShield for your mosquitoes? Yeah, girl. This episode is also sponsored by The Pearl at Sabine Creek. The Pearl generously hosted our event for the podcast live. And you guys, it was the most amazing venue. Barry and Connie, the owners of The Pearl, were incredible to work with. They were organized, helpful, and created a space where moms felt welcomed and loved. This event venue is located in the Dallas area, and it's nestled within eight acres of beautiful Texas landscape. Y'all, seriously, when you drive up to this mansion-style venue, it will take your breath away. The ballroom has sparkling chandeliers, a grand staircase. There's a gorgeous chapel with breathtaking views, suites for the bride, groom, and family. And literally, they have thought through every detail to make it run so smooth for you. Their venue package includes a 15-hour rental, tables, chairs, linens, decor, and so many more amenities. Schedule a tour to visit the Pearl at Sabine Creek today for your next event. You can reach them at thepearlatsabinecreek.com. 